gun Ramos looking like he's got one more good run Sips a little shaky But his heart is still true Oh how that dog loves hunting with me and you Sporting dog adventures run The Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly brought to you by Soggy Acres Retrievers. Remember, everyone deserves a soggy dog. Hey, welcome to the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. Today I have my lovely wife, Catherine Fuller, with us. And Kate, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about dogs and allergies. So dogs and allergies. It is something that with the amount of dogs we own and the amount of puppies we have sold, it gives us pretty good knowledge on this and some pretty good ideas. Yeah, we've been pet owners for many, many years. Um, Both of us had dogs as children. We've seen all kinds of different scenarios with our own dogs and with client dogs. So it's definitely a topic um, we can speak to. And it's one we get a lot of questions on. Now, there are different types of allergies. You have dogs that will get rashes on their stomach. You have dogs that will get uh, discharged from their eyes. You have dogs that will sneeze. We have one dog that actually chews on her feet. Uh, it is definitely a, a wide-ranging topic, but this was one you wanted to talk about, so I'm going to try to shut up as much <laughs> as possible. <laughs> you don't have to shut up. Um, yeah, the, the symptoms definitely present in different ways. Um, I think the first point that's probably the most valid to make is to get your dog to the vet and actually validate that it is allergies, that it is an allergy. Because I know you've seen it many, many times, and I have seen it several times, um, even as a child growing up with the schnauzers we had. Sometimes it's not allergies. Um, Sometimes a pet has something else going on that isn't an allergic reaction, and it's presenting symptoms that make you think it is. So you think, oh, I'll just give them some Benadryl or, oh, when the season changes, you know, there won't be pollen and it'll go away. And Benadryl doesn't fix it and changing seasons doesn't fix it because it's not an allergy. Yeah, when sending puppies home, one of the allergy things that we, that are very common are not even uh, respiratory or from their eyes, but actually a, a gastric where the dogs aren't coping well with the type of food they're on. And... I talked long ago to a vet and was basically told that if dogs are going to have an issue with food, they're more apt to have trouble digesting and have allergies to beef as opposed to chicken. Yep, which is why we primarily feed all of our pets. Um, No matter what food it is that we've ever used, it's always a chicken variety, a chicken-based variety. Um, To kind of just eliminate that one, like it's not even at the gate. We don't even have to think about that. It's definitely not from beef in their food. I know from a personal standpoint, uh, I'm allergic to certain types of food because it it makes me bloat and gain weight. And uh, that is something that I've been fighting my whole life was my allergy to food. Your allergy, huh? Might be caloric, but we're (laughs) going to go with an allergy because then it's not my fault. It's not an allergy. But in all honesty, you have had allergic reactions to food. It's usually certain... Uh, restaurants we've gone to and it's the spicing and the seasoning we've actually rosemary i I, I, yeah because i used it once cooking it i almost choked i was (laughs) i my my throat got so tight from it but and dogs are the same and cats are the same animals are the same they're 
97% the same genetic basis as people, so you deal with a lot of the things uh, the same. As far as foods, uh, again, we go with chicken-based, and we will tell people, you know, to feed a good quality food because you can feed cheaper foods and there's so much filler in them that it would be hard to even tell if it's presenting as the dog's just not digesting properly or it's an allergic reaction to something. And there are more and more foods out there now that are um, fewer ingredient foods, low ingredient foods. So if you have a dog that seems to have that type of situation going on, you can try one of those. Um, there are food products that have, you know, just six simple ingredients. If you can really, you know, wean it down, the number of ingredients, the number of things they're digesting, you can really start to, to pare it back and figure out, oh, it must have been, you know, peas because this food no longer has peas and uh, he or she's no longer itching or whatever the case is. But, but definitely first thing first, definitely get them to the vet to make sure it's not something else, um, like a, a parasite, like a flea tick thing. Um, I had a dog when we were growing up that constantly, constantly scratched at his uh, like chest area, and it turned out it was actually um, an infection. I think it was staph, if I remember right. But people a lot of times don't associate, you know, the type of allergic behaviors in pets with things other than allergies, but it actually could be something else too. And that's a great point. You get dogs that have discomfort or an irritation on their skin. And that is a very common one, is, is that you get a staph infection. Very easy to fix. Uh, you put them on uh, cephalexin, and it would uh, definitely fix it. You can look uh, under their, uh, on, their, on their stomach where there's no hair and see it easier. But if a dog does have a staph infection, a lot of times you can see the red splotches in their fur. And many times you'll see where the dog actually is scratching and rubbing their fur right off of themselves because of how irritated it is mm -hmm. so definitely you know weed out the other op options that it could be it might not be an allergy ears um my dogs my chihuahuas we've gone through this with uh the older of the two she's always batting at her ears and we thought maybe it was an allergy maybe it was you know something in her food or whatever and it turns out it was an ear infection and it was yeast it wasn't an allergy at all so you know cleaning it and putting some drops in that, you know, resolved the symptoms, but yeah, it wasn't actually allergies. And the one thing I've seen commonly is dogs will have an allergy. They'll maybe have a staph infection. You'll put them on a medication. It will fix the problem, but much like having a kid that is picking at a scab, when they're healing, it itches. So they'll still itch. And I've seen dogs scratch themselves so much their skin gets to be leathery looking where it's not necessarily from the allergy, not necessarily from the staph infection, but because they're allowed to perpetuate itching and licking and irritating the, the, the area so that you, you basically need to make sure that you're putting something on them protective wise so they can't get to that area or putting them on a medication that would... I hate to say it, but dumb them down so that they're Slow not down. quite as hyper vigilant about that area so that it, it, it allows it to heal. Yeah, you need to, to make it so they're less reactive, whether that's um, putting a cone on them or whatever it is you need to do to, to give it a chance to do what it's supposed to do so that they can recover, you know. How do we tell if something is from allergies or something is from another reason? I guess that is the question. I always tell people when they buy a puppy from us, uh, we answer the phone even after they uh, have purchased the puppy, which which sounds like a great, uh, a very common thing, but it's not in the dog world for a lot of kennels. Uh, but 
I will have people that call me and they, they will say, well, geez, my, my dog all of a sudden is just broken out. I had one, they're like, our dog basically has their eyes are bulging out of their head. And I will tell them, first, let's, let, let's look at what you've changed. Have you fertilized your lawn? Have you had your lawn sprayed for weeds? Have you changed the floor cleaner in your I house? Your carpets Do you, clean. Yeah, have you had your carpets cleaned? Have you, have you put a different scent up? in your house, in your little plug-in scent things. And I mean, do you have any suggestions with that? Um, yeah, definitely looking, it's the same thing they tell people with, uh, you know, kids or, you know, yourself with allergies. What have you changed going through, you know, have you changed their food, introduced something else that way, try to moon a new supplement because, you know, here you're trying to do something good. Um, has there been, and this one affects you a lot, certain things when they come into bloom, um, really can heighten your allergic response you know whether it was um was it the cottonwood that used to bother you so no much? it's pine pollen pine okay yeah which the interesting thing about pine pollen is i was told that you cannot be allergic to it because the actual piece of pollen is too large to irritate uh your respiratory system even though you know. i've owned multiple <laughs> properties that had pine trees in different parts of our state and when they were in bloom i was completely miserable and basically i told that that's technically not an allergic reaction Oh, okay. So it's just a reaction. <laughs> so it's not split hairs. Yeah, we're splitting hairs and that stuff. But yeah, absolutely. It's what the dogs are dealing with during that time of year. And you can even get allergic reactions on their feet from stepping on pollen. Mm -hmm. That's what Scarlet experiences in spring. It's usually in spring. And you'll start to see her nibbling on her paws. And we didn't see anything there, actually. You know, she's quite dense fur and we didn't notice anything. And I think it wasn't until you turned her foot over that we actually noticed it like on her pads or kind of between her, her pads, wasn't it? I think that's where we first saw yeah, it. Yeah, it ultimately, she, she has a slight allergy that causes her to lick her paws and then that causes her to get a yeast infection on her feet, which is more common in labs in her ears because their ears flap over and they hold moisture in them. So if you, if you have a dog who gets a lot of ear infections, when they go in the water, you need to have a drying agent that you're cleaning their ears with. And also when you have multiple dogs, they are great where they'll try to help each other by cleaning each other's ears, which then puts moisture in there, which then causes the yeast infection again. But yes, yeah, Scarlet had slight allergies from walking on stuff and then would compound it by licking her feet and causing herself to get a yeast infection. Yeah, so she actually was treated um, for the yeast infection and then the rest of the condition just resolved itself once whatever it was that was on the ground basically was not there anymore. We moved past that season here in Wisconsin so and then as far as other things what else should people look for and what else should people be aware of when they have a dog usually your allergies are going to present for a dog before they're two to three years old so you're going to see it at a certain point when the dog's younger um, so that would mean if it's older then you really got to look at what you've changed but what would some other things people could look at when they have a dog that they feel has allergies uh, before we wrap this up? Um, I think you really hit the nail on the head with anything that you change, you know, whether it's your laundry soap or, or whatever it is. I would say the first thing to do is even thinking of things that are small, you know, did you even change your perfume? If you are aware of perfume, a lot of it, or cologne or something like that, and you're kissing up on your dog and you're wondering suddenly now it's, you know, batting its face an awful lot, anything like that could really trigger them you know and it's the same thing they tell people with children what have you changed so looking at that kind of thing um we don't fertilize our lawn for that very reason it's not good for pets 
um, that's a, a terrible allergen causer. Do you walk your dog on, you know, in the neighborhood or at a dog park or something like that? Because you can't control what they put on those surfaces either. And if your dog is suddenly itching and scratching or whatever, it could be something they came in contact with when you're taking them out and about, not even on your own yard or in your own home. So those are other things to consider too. And for the record, I married Kate and met Kate uh, less than 10 years ago. And uh, she came out here and she was looking at my lawn and said that we should fertilize it with some weed and feed. And I had to gently explain to her that living out in the country, if I used a weed type killer on my lawn, that the entire thing would die because it's not really a lawn, it's just a bunch of it's green weeds, weeds that are mowed. It's weeds. Um, I had come out of a marriage where we did not have a dog. I had grown up with dogs, but then I was married to someone we did not have a dog. And I was in charge of lawn care, and I had, you know, your typical, it looks like a putting green kind of lawn because I was out there weeding it by hand and doing the weed and feed, you know, and the turf builder and all that. And then there were soggy acres. And then I got here. Um, and for a whole wide variety of reasons, but of course the pets being first and foremost, we don't bother with any of that here. <laughs> There's a lot of good reasons, but yeah, no, definitely if you don't have to do it, just don't do it. I mean, it's grass. Technically speaking, grass is a weed, so, you know, it's, it's safer for your kids. It's safer for your pets. I just, we don't bother, so... So that's going to be it for allergies with your dog. Now, we're going to have a fun topic next. We're going to actually talk about our dogs and something that they did in the last couple of days here. It could be looked more as a training thing, but it also is pretty funny because it's, it's funny stories about what our dogs do in the house. So stay tuned for that after the break. This part of the podcast is brought to you proudly by Mech Outdoors. Welcome back to Sporting Dog Adventures. Now, we're going to have a little fun with this segment because we're going to talk about our naughty dogs in the house. Yeah, naughty. Naughty and naughtier. We have, at any one time, usually about five labs in the house. Two of them are the elder statesmen. We have Pickett, who is 12, and Rommel, who's almost 15. So we'll say that their times for being naughty are probably well past them. They're more just doddering old uh, politicians walking around that uh, want to kiss babies and do all that good stuff. <laughs> but uh, we have Scarlet, Memphis, and Ace in the house. And they have been doing some really odd behavior to us here at our house. Bad, worse, and worst. Um, yep. Ace has been in the house now, I don't know, what, a year? About a year. Maybe about a year since he, he got off the... Um, the circuit there and he did really really good in the beginning and I'm almost inclined to think that Scarlett and Memphis roped him in on their antics because he was such a well-behaved good dog and um, it's just like the kid that gets back from military boarding school who's very yes sir used to you know ironing his bed and he's really well behaved and he sees them and goes um yeah that looks fun if you can do that, I can do that. And now they're all doing it. So So the first thing we're having problems with is we have firewood still in the house from uh, this last winter. Uh, very small amount. It just sits next to the fire, the, the uh, fireplace and the stove. And the dogs have taken to carrying the wood around the house and actually chewing it. Yeah, it's tasty. It's chewy. It's fabulous. It's everywhere. Um, I almost think we should put a video camera up and actually video them because I think I can see them like running around like asshats in the house with these logs in their mouth 
trying because I, I you see them with toys so I can I can imagine that they're like look at what I have and chasing each other around with blocks of wood in their mouth we came home the other day and there was a big giant piece of fire a big log sitting right in front of the door because obviously they were chewing it on there and then they heard the car doors and us show up and they dumped it and ran it's so, <laughs> sitting right there so that takes us to today we're having uh, a cookout with uh with uh Clayton and his girlfriend and you went shopping and they got corn. I was out working with clients with their training dogs. So I'm going to let you tell the story because I wasn't there. No, you were busy. Yeah. So I go to the grocery store, got a couple things there. And then there's a like a farm stand in town, um, like on the honor system where you can buy fresh produce. And so I got some tomatoes and a dozen ears of corn. So I bring it in, my hands are kind of full, and I get everything into the refrigerator except the corn because the refrigerator is now full. So I'm thinking to myself, what's the big deal if I let it out on the counter for a few minutes? It's been outside, you know, obviously it's not gonna spoil. Refrigeration isn't an issue. And I had a couple of things I need to put away in the bathroom from Walgreens, I'll come back, and if I think of it, I'll try to get it into the refrigerator. And I actually did pause and think, would the dogs try to counter surf this? And I'm like, it's corn. It's corn. It's green. It's leafy. It's it's not shucked corn. It's corn in, you know, in the leaves. In the, yeah. It's Why shaped wanna... like a bumper. It's something you could retrieve. <laughs> it's not tasty. It's disgusting. It's dogs got, eat grass. It's got they silk eat. coming out of it. It's gross. It's green. Dogs don't like green. Well, so what happened? So I was in the bathroom no more than five minutes. All I had to do was put away three boxes of Band-Aids. That's it. And I come back out here, and there is corn everywhere, from one end of the house to the other. It is all over the living room and all in the pet beds, all over the big rug we have in the atrium, all over in here by the kitchen table. So literally one end of the house all the way to the other, and they are eating it whole. They're eating it. They're snapping it. There's blood all over the corn because they, you know, cut their gums eating it. And there's just corn everywhere. And, of course, they see me and then they start running. And now there's silk flying everywhere and corn everywhere. And... They had gingivitis. They wanted to chew oh. on the corn to help with their gingivitis. Gingivitis? Yeah, no. I don't think that's what it was. I think it was just they're really, really naughty and I was really mad. And, by the way, corn doesn't vacuum up very well. Silk doesn't vacuum up very well. It's too wet. And so it didn't want to pick up with the vacuum. You can't sweep it because, again, it's too wet. It's just, what a mess. They're so bad. So I can tell you that 10 ears mm. did survive. We are going to still have our cookout. We are going to have our corn. I did have a wife that had a very scorned look on her face when I walked <laughs> in. And I, I thought something major had happened and so then was told bad. about the corn. And at that point, I made the, made the decision that we'd put the collar uh, system on the dogs, the electric collar, because the dogs don't listen to my wife. And she now needs to be the person that is correcting said dogs when they are out of line and using the collar. They listen to him and they absolutely do not listen to me. This is not some big secret. Um, it's something you definitely talk to people with during training. Like, something I've talked to my wife about for yeah. several years now. We, we tell men <laughs> that men struggle more with the positive reinforcement and having the yay over the top happy praise voice and women struggle with the deep bad dog kind of voice and yeah we you know I definitely do I yell at them but they don't listen so when the dogs are bad though I think you yell at me more than the dogs they're I'm like they're your dogs it's kind of like the thing with kids 
when it's, you know, one of the boys does something wrong, it's, you need to speak to your son, you know? So the dogs now have collars on. They're very yeah. unhappy. We, uh, we have voices. They all say that they're pouting okay. and they're on strike. So they, uh, they, they are not enjoying their weekend. They're mad. But hopefully we will get them so that they listen to you too. Yeah. Well, it's, it was time. They, this is not their first offense by any means. Um, they were trained with a collar to begin with, and it's just important that when they start slipping up that you go back to it. So we are. So basically, this part of the show will serve as our training tip, which is you can still use a collar inside to help keep the dogs in line. Yeah, it doesn't have to have anything to do with hunting, and it can have everything to do with just good manners and basic obedience. Hope you guys enjoyed this part of the show. Stay tuned for our next section, which is going to be a hunting tip about decoy placement. This portion of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Boucher Automotive in Janesville, Wisconsin. On this week's hunting tip, we're going to talk about decoy placement. You hear a lot of people that will talk about putting their decoys out in a J or in a hook in different ways that I guess they have strategies with their decoys. And what I will tell you is that it's all about scouting. You really need to watch how you put your decoys out and mimic what the birds are seeing. For instance, we have our season coming up here pretty quick uh, for um, teal and early goose. I've got one field that I have a, a deer food plot in that the geese are hitting. And I'm actually getting my scouting pictures for deer on the geese. And I'm noticing that it's a family group of about 10 birds that are coming in. And then another 10 will come in later. I literally can watch it with the camera. But they're very snobbish. They all stick by each other. They're sticking in their family groups. So I have a group of six decoys left. I I sold off all my field gear, but I've got six field geese left. And I am just going to stick those out and put them like they're a family group chilling together. And that is going to work. But I'm going to put them off to the left so that I leave the middle open where I want to land the birds so that the birds will come in and they will finish just like the other groups have, which is they'll either finish with that group thinking they're part of them and be in range, or if they finish to the right and separately like the other group has, they'll still be in range. So it's it's mimicking that. We also have an area that we hunt a lot that is a wider, uh, more of a muddy type of a, a, a piece of water. And what I will do is I put the, the decoys on the other side of it to only leave room in front, in the middle of the water, or toward where the blind is, so that it's basically pushing the birds towards us when they go to finish. They're not going to want to finish where it's crowded and congested. I put my spinning decoys out in the middle of the body of water and that hopefully brings them and pushes them over so that they are in better range. And for part of it with me, it's not even that they're not in range if they're on the other side of the body of water, but then the birds have have the ability to get to Uh, The cattails, if they're wounded, or fall in the cattails, which makes it a lot harder on the dogs. When you have floating cattails, you lose a lot of birds. I don't care how good of a dog you have, the birds dive under those mats 
uh, of cattails so that they can get away from the dogs. And a lot of times what they'll do is they'll dive under it and they'll never come up and they'll perish under those mats. So I try to get the birds to, to, to fall once we shoot them in the middle or toward the blind. And with that, you have to have it so that they're finishing and that they are decoying in that area. I hope that helps you out a lot with this week's tra- uh, this week's hunting tip. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Take care. God bless. Sporting dog adventures run, boy, run. Everything you need is here under the sun.